and welcome to episode 118 of the Disney Park Princess podcast. I'm your co-host, Sarah. I'm Sharla. And I'm Heather. And this week we are going to be doing a listener Q&A episode. Yay! These are our favorites. We love to do these because we love to hear from you guys. Um, and it, you know, we love any time that we don't have to come up with a topic. So <laughs> sometimes we have stuff we're super excited to talk to you about. And then other weeks it's like, wah, wah. <laughs> and it's been a long time since we've done one of these. Because, you know, it's been a long time. Yeah. I am embarrassed to say how long this first email has been. Uh, sitting in a thing so I'm sorry but yeah but it's you know we sort of have to wait until we have enough to fill a whole episode right (laughs) so right and And now I think we might have enough for two we'll see how how fast we do it yeah we'll see how far we get um but first let's talk about some Disney news the big thing of course was the quote-unquote announcement yes I'm doing giant air quotes around that as we're recording um about what the 50th anniversary celebrations are going to entail. It was this big thing where Disney's like, oh, watch Good Morning America, and we're going to release a new commercial, and everybody was all excited. And then who wants to? <laughs> I feel like if they didn't make it a deal, like if it wasn't like, oh, we're doing this whole thing on GMA, like if they would have just like put out the details, people would have been like, oh, okay, whatever. But they right. had to go and make it a big deal, and it was not a big deal. Had to go and build it up. <laughs> <laughs> but it's pretty, you know. I think it'll it'll be fun to, to have it there. I think yes. it was okay, – my takeaway, one, was that they've announced that it's going to be 18 months long, which I mm-hmm. think – obviously, that's what all of their celebrations are. But so many people were wondering because they hadn't announced anything. And, you know, you can't really do anything right now. So – what was was it going to be just on October 1st so I'm kind of glad that they made it an 18 month long thing so people can go and and hopefully you know over the course of a year and a half be able to see it but then my other takeaway from the non-announcement was that you know maybe more things will come later we we can't really you know normally for a big end of it yeah, like we can't really do parades normally for a big celebration. There would be a new parade or a new show or something like that. Can't do that right now because we don't want people to congregate. So I don't know, maybe for 2022, they'll announce it as part of like an extension. And I'm mm-hmm. sure there's going to be tons of merchandise and food because we can do that now. So I think there's more coming. Yeah. So all they've announced for now basically is that they're adding sort of you know, some extra decoration to Cinderella Castle. Which looks um, exactly like, what was it, the year of a million dreams or the happiest yes, or whatever. Mm-hmm. It, like, with, let's bring the gold swag back, yeah, which is reusing. <laughs> yeah. Except for now the castle's pink. So, you know, we're adding sparkles to the pink. Um, and then the other park icons are getting, some, do you, Charlotte, do you have the details right in front of you? I do. Um, the Tree of Life at Disney's Animal Kingdom will add a new warm light and magical fireflies will gather to usher in the magic of nature. I think that's oh, that cool. sounds very cute. Uh, Hollywood Tower Hotel will feature a new digital projection show that will paint it with designs evoking the golden age of imagination and adventure. Uh, if which if you haven't seen one of the projection shows on the Tower of Terror, they do such a good job with that. Like it completely transforms into something else. It's really cool. Um, and then Epcot, new lights will shine across the reflective panels of Spaceship Earth, connecting to one another in a symbol of optimism resembling stars in a nighttime sky. I'm excited about that one. I'm not going to yeah. lie. And then this See, says, that was 
that's the one I was least excited about. Oh, I'm, I'm <laughs> the other one. You know, I love a sparkle. Yeah. <laughs> well, well this, is, I, this new look will continue beyond the world's most magical celebration as a defining feature of the park. Yeah, that's permanent. So, yeah. I mean, so was the hand with the wand. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they tend to do that. But what I was excited about was the, the they're calling it pixie dust on Cinderella Castle. So, mm-hmm. what does that mean? Like, is it just going to be lights that twinkle? Because I'm not here for yeah. that. But if you can make it look like the castle has sparkles around it, I'm so excited to see how they do it because they're very specifically calling it pixie dust. So what does that look like? I need to know what sparkles look like. And then also (laughs) I'm giggling because this was their big announcement was the iridescence right? That oh, E-A-R <laughs> iridescence. And I feel like we're going to hear that a billion and one times over the yeah. next year and a half. Like, just call it iridescence. And what it really means is that they put a little medallion on the castle that kind of like shimmers in different light. And Mickey and Minnie's out- new outfits shimmer in different light. And it's really not all that exciting, but it does look pretty. And I just think it's funny they had to coin themselves a term for it. I like it. I mean, obviously, if somebody didn't if they didn't say iridescent, somebody else would have. So. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if there's a way, you know, if there is any way to get a Disney pun into it, they're all over it. So exactly. I mean, that's, and I'm you know, for that. Yeah. not surprising. It's like, I, I guess I, part of me was sort of hoping for like an opening announcement for Ratatouille or, you know, something a little more concrete, you know, but it's coming. It's there's more coming. This is just the initial announcement. But I agree. I wish they hadn't sort of hyped it up, you know, ahead of time. If, if they had just made an announcement that day on Disney Parks blog, I think people would have felt less let down about it. Yeah, you know? they would have just been like, oh, okay, there's like yeah. some cool. Hey, there's news. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Yeah. Um, the other news this week was there was a very large flood. <laughs> <laughs> at the um, Boardwalk Villas on the second floor this weekend, this past weekend, um, at like 2 a.m. Oh. <laughs> um, yeah, a pipe burst. Yeah, tell it, you, we hadn't heard about this. So no, tell us. <laughs> I'm excited. Heard about this. Your faces were pretty good. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, you know, everybody's okay, and you know, but um, the board, you know, the boardwalk itself is closed. It's only the villas that are open at this time, and so of course now there's a whole section of rooms um, that are now going to have to be taken out of commission. So it's going to be very interesting to see what this does to availability. Do they close the boardwalk villas? Do they just close that section? Is this part of a large, you know, we, we just don't know sort of what happened, but I mean, that's kind of, you know, to wake up in the middle of the night and um, have what was described and in video appears to be a lot of water. (laughs) (laughs) I wonder what happened. Like what causes that? (laughs) I don't know, but it wasn't good. Um, So anyway, you know, surprise. I'm sure those guests were, you know, compensated appropriately for the inconvenience. Sure. You know, relocated. But yeah. So that was the only Disney news we have. Um, So coming up next, we have our listener Q&As. We have a boatload of them covering a variety of both Disney and some non-Disney topics. Uh, So stay tuned. Charlotte, these are in the order that you want to tackle them in? Um, Sure. Okay. Um, The first one is from Heidi, and this is the oldest one, so we're treating it and doing it first because it's Perfect. been yeah, because it's poor been for a long time. <laughs> so, yeah, sorry, Heidi. Um, but she says, good morning. I'm looking forward to um, 
Oh, okay. I'm not going to read that. That'll really no, get, go over how long it'll be. <laughs> How long it's been. All right. I'm looking forward to your next listener Q&A podcast after your much-deserved summer break. So it's been a while. Right? <laughs> That's how long it's been, people. Yeah. Um, so I have two questions. Is Disney, number one, is Disney World still offering writer swap? We have a thrill-seeking nine- and six-year-old plus a soon-to-be three-year-old and are planning a trip in November. So, She's yes. She's back from her trip. Uh, I know, right? We're sorry. <laughs> But We're yes, kind of the worst. Uh, as uh, as far as uh, as far as we know, they are still offering yep. that. Um, so it's fairly. If you don't know what writer swap is, it is something designed for s- smaller children or older children that are too scared and don't want to go on the ride, and for the parents to be able to go on the ride. So you just can swap off, and you don't really have to wait in the line twice. Um, and then number two. My kiddos are new Star Wars fans. Since this wasn't a thing for us before, I haven't really paid attention to the logistics of the virtual queue. How does one do it? I feel like this has probably even changed since you went on your trip yep, because we are changing it all the time. But as of now, at 7 a.m., you can try to get a virtual pass for um, Rise of the Resistance. It is the only ride right now that... Number one, you have to make a reservation for, or that you can make a reservation for. And number two, that you have to make a reservation for. There is no standby line for Rise of the Resistance. So at 7 a.m., if you have a valid park reservation for that day, you can make it. And if you miss it at 7, more availability will open at 2 p.m. So those are the two times that you can make your reservation. But for the 7 a.m., you don't, obviously, you can't be in the park because it's not open at 7 a.m. Uh, but for the 2 p.m., you have to be in Hollywood Studios. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I know, sorry, Charlotte, go ahead. Uh, there is generally more availability at 2 p.m. than at 7. Yeah. Yeah. But it's worth noting for the 2 p.m., you mentioned that you have to have a park pass reservation. You also have to have a park pass reservation for the 2 p.m. time slot. You can't just hop into Hollywood Studios and hope that you can get. Um, a boarding pass. If you yeah. don't have a park pass reservation for Hollywood Studios that day, you cannot join the virtual queue. Yep. Yeah. Good point. Yeah. Um, all right. So I'll do this next one from Mary's. Hello, princesses. I hope you're doing great. I wrote to you an eternity ago about an upcoming trip to Disney, including my Five 16 to 17-year-old girls, my 12-year-old nephew, my older daughter, and myself, a wonderful party of eight. Of course, I remember, pan- I'm going to stop you. I remember this. And we I were all like, whoa, good we for were you. Like, you yeah. <laughs> <laughs> of course, the pandemic hit our project and we postponed it from June 2021 to June, January 2022. Her question is, do you know about Capture Your Moment experience with a Disney photographer? Have you ever had the chance to experience it? The photo session seems to be short, but I trust Disney's seasoned photographers to be able to get the best out of this. I'm looking for a little something to offer the girls as a surprise, and this looked like a nice option, perfectly suited for this Instagram generation. I haven't seen any pricing on the My Disney Experience app, not even a price range. We need to call to get info. Do you have any idea of the price on this for five girls? Sure do. Um, all right, we'll stop. she has a part B, but let's uh, let's stop there. So go ahead, Heather. The price is $50 per 20-minute session, and you have the ability to book two sessions back-to-back. So it's $50 for 20 minutes, or it could be $100 for 40 minutes if you wanted to do, make it a little bit longer. 
I think I'm surprised. I was surprised at that. I don't think that's very expensive. I don't either. Mm-hmm. I don't either. I don't I think at that's all. A great idea. So yeah. the premise behind this, for those of you that may not know about it, is that you're basically booking a private session with one of the PhotoPass photographers. It's only available in the Magic Kingdom, um, and the locations change depending on the weather or what may be available, if there's a special event set up. But basically, your photographer at the start of your session will let you know what's available that day. You go on to whatever location you've chosen, and you have 20 minutes to take as many poses as you want. So it's really basically just getting like getting a picture with a photo pass photographer but you have more time than just standing there and posing in front of the castle and then you know depending on the location it may be more private less people in the background as well that's nice yeah which i think is super cute where like you said for the instagram generation a bunch of teenagers would love this they would love it especially because they could do it as a group and then one you know each get their own like quick little photo i think it's a great idea I think it's a, I mean, I think it's adorable, especially now I'm going to just address the elephant in the room before we get emails asking this question. No, you cannot take your masks off. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. All you have to keep your masks on for all of the pictures. And for (laughs) this is for as long as masks are required, you will have to keep them on. You have no idea when that's going to end. um, So this is what I would do. I would um, call them up and see what kind of where they suggest and book one sex session if you want one location but if you want two separate locations i would book the two sessions that's yeah because yeah. it'll take you some time to get yeah. from one to the other and so. let's be clear if you've got that many teenage girls you're gonna want the two sessions yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because you know they're gonna be sitting there going oh did i look okay wait hold on let me pose like this let yeah, me yeah. do that yeah. <laughs> It's like herding cats. Just, just, t- just book the two, <laughs> just book the two sessions. Yeah. Uh, all right. So her next part B is if this option doesn't work, could you recommend other experiences that I could book for the girls as a surprise? I'm looking for something not too pricey, lots of girls to cover, and I'm still working in Canadian dollarettes. <laughs> <laughs> I thought about the balloon flight in Disney Springs, but it's something that's difficult to plan as it's weather related. I'd love your thoughts on this. And if you have any general advice on how to successfully plan a surprise at Disney. What about in-room decorations? Like that would be a good surprise. Right They're not doing the decorations, but by 2022 they might. Like I know that they yeah, the by florist, January they might be. Yeah. yeah, florist is back up and running in a very limited capacity, so they will still deliver some gift baskets to the hotel for you to pick up, but they won't go into your room, which is what mm-hmm. the room decorations are. But by 2022, you know that's 11 months away. They may, so it's yeah. something worth looking yeah. into. And but, that's sort of the tricky thing. It's it's difficult to make recommendations right now because we don't exactly know what's going to be available. Right, yep. But what but what they could do if you know if they're allowed to go back in your rooms, they have these amazing in-room decorations things and they have surprise banners they can put up. They can stitch your room, which is they go in and <laughs> toilet paper it all over it, you know, like a prank on it, things like that. Uh, so you can look at that's at DisneyFloralAndGifts.com. I would look there, and then as it gets a little bit closer, I would call them for, to see what they can do for customization, and their number is 407-WDW-GIFT. Yeah. Another idea that I love, and this is one that I see a lot of um, 
families with young children doing, but I actually think it would work great for a group of teenage girls is pixie dust bags. So in advance of your trip, you buy like little, almost like party favor bags and go to the dollar store or CVS or wherever. And for teenage girls, I might do like a little lip gloss, a little nail polish, like some, you know, maybe Mickey glitter or like, you know, you know, mini ears or something like that and put together like a cute little gift bag for each girl and then surprise them with it when you get to Walt Disney World. Kind of almost yeah. like a little party favorite bag. I think that would be super cute too. That's a cute yeah. idea. I like that. Yeah. I wouldn't mind if somebody gave me a little present when I got on vacation. Right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and especially if you are going to do the photo experience, then they have sort of like you know, coordinating makeup or, you know, accessories or, like mouse or something ears like or that. Something. Or, yeah, yeah. Little accessories or things that, you know, they can all sort of do the matching thing with, which I think would be really cute. Yeah. Yeah. Like all right. Um, Heather, why don't you read this next one from Kelly? Okay. Kelly says, Walt Disney World has made so many changes during COVID. What changes do you think are likely to stay? What will eventually go back to what it was? Anything you like more as it as it is currently. For example, no fast passes, 60 days out uh, dining reservations, no dining plans, cavalcades instead of parades, random character appearances instead of meet and greets, limited character dining meals, near required use of mobile ordering and mobile restaurant check-in, etc. So I don't know. I feel like we have this little debate amongst ourselves from time to time. <laughs> Heather and I were I, just having this conversation last week. <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, about park pass reservations. We do, we, we disagree. <laughs> yeah, Sarah thinks that they're going to stay. I think that they're going to go. But just and literally from- the next day, they announced that they are staying at least until and probably into 2023. <laughs> Which yeah. I, I really genuinely don't think that they're going to stay forever. But that's just me. What do I know? I don't work for Disney. But um, I will say just off of this list that Kelly lists, the things that I personally really like and I hope that they stay are the 60-day out dining reservations. Yeah. Um, like, I love to plan where I'm going to eat probably more than most people. I don't want to do it six months in advance. I, you know, especially being from, you know, a California local, the 60 days out is plenty of time, two months. It's getting you in the mindset. Yeah. I also really love the, um, the random character appearances and the cavalcades because I don't have small children. I'm not that one that's sitting and waiting in line to meet a character or sitting and waiting for a parade. So the fact that they're just coming out and surprising me, I've seen more characters, you know, this year than I've had in the last 10 combined. So I I love that. Yeah, I love that too. And I don't think that they will do that instead of parades, but maybe they will do it in, in addition, addition to parades. To nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, same thing with the random character appearances instead of meet and greets. That's how they do it in the parks overseas all the That's time. That's how they like, do it here at Disneyland, yeah, too. The, love the characters just come out, and there's no, like, line to meet them necessarily, which kind of causes some chaos, but it's fun. You know, you're like, okay, me next. Okay, me next, you know. Um, I personally, I think that Fast Passes will come, out, come back in some capacity, but I... I've said this before, fast passes, all they do is slow down the regular line. And they are great if you have one, but if you don't have one, you're being slowed down by the fast passes. Now, would I prefer to only have fast passes? Yeah, absolutely, because it it helps me out. But if I don't have one, then I have to wait a little bit longer because of that. So I think they will modify it somehow. I don't know how. I hope they Um, make it like Disneyland where you, okay, we have fast passes and we have the ability to make them from our phone but you can't do it until that day when you're in the park Mm -hmm. like it used to be Mm -hmm. um because again like 
I don't want to have to, you know, two months before decide, okay, which ride are we going to ride? We have to hurry up and get this. And then if I don't get it, then I know I'm not going to be able to ride it when I'm there. Yeah. I wish it, it became more of a, you know, flexible thing, a whim type of thing, as opposed to everything's got to be scheduled so hard before you right. get to your trip. Yeah. yeah. And then the meal plan, I think they will have some sort of meal plan as well. They'll bring that back. And I think they will bring that back. Personally, I think before 2022, they just haven't did not announce that when they announced the 2022 stuff last week. The word from Disney seems to be that they are not going to offer the dining plans until they can get all of their restaurants open again. Because right. if all of their restaurants aren't open and the ones that are, are are operating at a reduced capacity, why would we offer something that's going to bring more people to our restaurants and then they can't get their reservations. So I think as the parks start to open more and we see all those restaurants reopen, you'll probably um, see dining plans come back. Yeah. My question is, do we think quick service plans are going to come back before the, the full dining plans, right? Something that you don't need reservations for that you can just walk up and get your food. Maybe that comes back first. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe. I think mobile order is going to be here to stay, and Disney is really going to continue pushing that when it comes to quick service. Yeah, I um, hate mobile order. I know I you do because <laughs> it never works the way that they really think that it does. And like, I'm not kidding you. Like, I had a very near like need to go to the hospital medical episode because on two different phones, two different varieties of phones, two different operating networks, Wi-Fi, no Wi-Fi, we couldn't get any mobile order to work and I could not get food in my system at Hollywood studios. It's worked other places, but like if there's a glitch like that, I, I'm just yeah. not a fan of it. Like I want an option where if I want to stand online and walk up there, I should be able to do it. Yeah. I don't think it's, I don't think the exclusively mobile order that they have right now is going to last, but I do think that is Disney is really going to continue to push that system. Yeah. Um, the last sure. time, the last time I tried to use it at Walt Disney world, it was, you couldn't really make modifications to the menu. And you can do that if you go and talk to the person. So, yeah, um, they seem to, have, that seemed to have, has improved a okay. bit. Uh, um, there's more custom, it. more customization options available That's in my good. Disney experience than there used to be. It's still not, not nearly as much though as just talking to a cast member. Right. So for, so for my trip coming up in a couple of months, I will try it out, but if it doesn't work, then I want to be able to talk to somebody, you know, and say, you know, please don't put mustard on it. I really hate mustard or something. I right. Know. They usually, <laughs> I know they usually don't put that on, but yeah. Right. Right. Yeah, exactly. All right. So for our next question, Dana wants to know what non-park activities would you recommend for an offsite stay where I still want to experience Disney fun? For example, Disney Springs, mini golf, Topolino character breakfast, et cetera. So these are Disney activities that just don't require park admission. Definitely mini we golf. We may have done a whole podcast yeah. on previously. Yeah. yeah. If I, you haven't done one of the mini golfs, do both of them. They're they're fantastic. They're so much fun. It's not just like, you know, you go down the shore and here's this little mini. Like, they're so well-themed. It's just I, so much fun. I absolutely love mini golf at Walt Disney World. I love it. Mm -hmm. It's one of my favorite things, so. Yep. Fort Wilderness, I think, is another area that yes. is really undervalued and just does not get the credit it deserves for having 
all kinds of activities, even during the pandemic, like even right now when so many mm-hmm. things are closed, Port Wilderness still actually has a variety of um, activities available. So yeah. Yeah, you definitely- can go take an archery lesson. You can do a Segway tour. You can, um, you know, rent bikes or kayaks that you can go around the property. But even if you just want to go and not spend a cent, you can go and visit, you know, the horse barn there and see all the horses that they use on Main Street or to pull Cinderella's coach. You could kind of just wander around and they like um, in the little trading post. Is it the meadow trading post area? Is that what it's called? They have, you know, there's so many details like inside the stores. Like it's just like it's such a different experience than any other Disney resort. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Resort hopping is another personal favorite. Yes. (laughs) I love a resort hop. Yes. Because then you get ideas of where you may want to stay for your next vacation or, you know, if you are staying at a value resort, but you really want to see what all the fuss is about at a deluxe resort, like you just get such a different experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, i trying to think. Those are some of my favorite ones. But um, Disney, you know, she mentions Disney Springs. You know, I love Disney Springs. <laughs> a little shopping, a little dining, nothing wrong with any of that. Um, if the, you know, if the balloon is flying, that's a, you know, if you're not terrified of heights, really fun experience. <laughs> um, you know, but so yeah, I mean, there's tons of things we, we we could do this for hours. But really, those are those are probably our favorites, I would say. Uh, all right, Charlotte, why don't you read our next question from okay. and nope, sorry, Therese. Okay. Similar. Related, yep. but not exactly the same question. <laughs> uh, all right. She says, I'd love to hear if you have any off-property, non-theme park, non-Disney Springs, restaurants, or activities you enjoy in Orlando, Central Florida. We are planning a few non-Disney days in April and would love suggestions. Outlet shopping. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm going to say, as somebody who lived in Central Florida, go to Celebration. If you have not been to Celebration, you are doing yourself a disservice, especially as a Disney fan, because it is the town that Disney built. And even though they don't own it anymore, you know, you can still kind of see the similarities and kind of get a vibe of what Walt had been dreaming for, for Epcot, his original plan for Epcot. It's really cute. And there's some great restaurants there too. The Celebration Town Tavern is a personal favorite of mine. Um, there's a wine bar there too that also does like, you know, they change their menu weekly, like different like tapas type food. Like just wander around downtown Celebration, get yourself a cup of ice cream. And it's just, it's such a fun way to spend an afternoon. Yeah. Yeah. If you don't want to stand in the ridiculous line for Gideon's Bakehouse at Disney Springs, there is another Gideon's Bakehouse location in Orlando that you can visit that does not have the crazy line. <laughs> so. Yeah. Downtown Orlando has some uh, neat places to go as well. I've only been there once or twice, but they've got some pretty cool things. But yeah, I would probably do outlet shopping, check out some of the restaurants, um, head over to City Walk, maybe. I mean, that's not theme theme park but it's not disney so try that also if you love barbecue there is a really great um it's like a mini florida chain it's called four rivers um and there's one in winter garden and also kissimmee um which i think is the like they have like a very small kiosk at disney springs but if you want like the original like really good like restaurant experience go to the four rivers and winter garden it's fantastic love it um, also, if you feel like driving just a little bit, Kennedy Space Center is a really fun, yeah. you know, yeah. it's not that far mm-hmm. away. Go for yeah, Beach, and it Kennedy takes Space you Center. like 45 minutes and yeah. it's 
like that you can book tours or you can kind of just go around on your own like it's super interesting yeah and uh if you're going over there anyway you can go to the beach that day so there you go it's right there uh, there's also several things to do in tampa if you want to go the other way so mm-hmm. yeah bush gardens that's a theme park i guess but it's over there legoland which we'll get to next <laughs> so all right how do you want to read the next one from angela Sure. This is from Angela, and she says this is these are specific questions for me and Sharla. Okay, but I'm just gonna in that case, I'm just gonna go cook dinner. Well, her <laughs> her next sentence says she'll happily take any input. So Sarah, oh, okay. you're welcome. <laughs> but she says she's as a just as a quick background, she's looking for fun things to do this summer before her oldest starts kindergarten in the fall. Um, they also have an almost one year old, so he can't wear a mask. So just kind of keep that in mind for recommendations. And they live in the Seattle area, so they would love to do a big family trip before the uh, her oldest starts kindergarten. So the first part of her question, she says, Sharla, I know you have mentioned Legoland on the podcast and you liked it. Would it be good for a five-year-old? He loves to do Legos for any ages to right now um, and is great at them. Yes, he would love Legoland. If he loves doing Legos, love Legoland. The, like the perfect age. Yes. Yeah, uh, right? <laughs> the attractions are all geared toward families so well now if you're going to california legoland i have not been there i've only been to the one in florida however the all of the attractions and rides are geared toward younger and toward families um there may be some height requirements on a couple of rides but not if that's not going to be the norm it's for the most part he's going to be able to do every single one of them um i don't know legoland was designed for five-year-olds yes it Mm -hmm. is yeah, and my nine-year-old is obsessed with Legos, and she loves Legoland. So I, I would, you know, take them all the way up through ten or tw- I think twelve years old is kind of the, about where you're going to get the max for until you get to be an adult and like me and just love it again. <laughs> that's my, <laughs> that's kind of my take on it. But yeah, I might, I might go, I might go a little bit lower. I might say ten, but or that's just it depends on your kid too. So. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, but you'll know once you once you go there and what your kids think of it. Um, kind of thing so it's it's a lot of fun there's a lot of things to do everything everything is made of legos the little statue outside the pizza parlor is a legos is a lego (laughs) you know like everything is made of legos so it's fascinating and then christmas their christmas tree is made of legos it's all (laughs) you know it's you can't get away from it so it's a lot of fun so yeah (laughs) that sounds really cool yeah Okay, so her second part of the question is for B. And she says, have you heard anything about Disneyland opening later in the summer um, or at all? Or is there any other fun place to maybe go in California? We've been to San Francisco a few times and I want to wait to go to San Diego until the zoo and we, we want to wait to go to San Diego and the zoo until the baby is maybe two to three-ish. Um, so I actually do have news about Disneyland. Um, not that they've read. Uh, They have not announced a reopening date, but as of last week, the city of Anaheim has backed a bill that is in the California State Senate, um, and they're trying to push it through that would allow Disneyland and Knott's Berry Farm, um, and then hopefully other um, big theme parks, which would then include Universal and uh, Magic Mountain and things like that, to be able to open sooner. Because just like everywhere else, where you know there's different tiers in the state of California and 
uh, theme parks or I guess larger theme parks are only allowed to open when that particular county that that theme park in gets to a certain level. And no county anywhere in California is anywhere near those um, those levels yet. So the city of Anaheim is trying to back and push through this bill in the state Senate. It was actually just passed six to one. So now it moves into the full Senate for votes, trying to allow the larger theme parks to open at a lower tier. So I don't know if it's going to pass. I don't even know what the numbers are in the lower tier that they're looking for, but this would hopefully get Disneyland to open a little bit sooner than we are all expecting them to, which is no time soon <laughs> so <laughs> so maybe maybe we might see it by this summer i don't know you know the the infection rates are falling here in california which is great news and then of course you know we have vaccines going out and fema just came here and opened up two vaccine sites to try to push them even faster so maybe we will see it by this summer i don't know i think it would be a lot of fun um, but as far as other things to do, I mean, do, are you wanting to come down to Southern California? Because there is a ton of stuff in Southern California. Obviously, there's beaches everywhere. Um, in Long Beach, there's the Aquarium of the Pacific, which is opening at limited capacity. So that might be fun. It's, a, you know, a giant aquarium. Kids would love that. Um, there is obviously the Legoland Resort in Carlsbad. It is not open right now because... It's part of that larger theme park tier, um, but they're they're doing things. I, I just looked up at their website. They're called build in play days. So instead of the whole theme park opening, it's certain um, certain weekends. I don't know that if they're going to continue into the summer, but basically it's you know limited capacity, and you can come there and like just play around with Legos for the afternoon. And there's a ton of stuff included in it. So if those go through the summer, that might be an option. Um, but it, it just, I guess it really depends on what you guys like to do as a family. You know, you can come to LA and do a beach one day and then tour around the Hollywood sign and, and all of the fun Hollywood stuff. And then you can go down to Long Beach and do the aquarium. Like you, you could not get bored in Southern California. There's a billion and one things to do. There's so, there's, the state is just so vast. There's so much. I mean, Lake Tahoe would be really cool. Yosemite, like maybe do, you know, a family trip to one of the, the national parks. That would be great. Yeah. Yeah. And now keep in mind that a lot of this is going to come down to what the travel restrictions are, yeah. you know, this summer. Um, there are still extensive travel restrictions for, you know, state, interstate travel. So check with your local ordinances. Make sure that you're paying attention to what California requires of you. Um, it's just, you know, it can be done. You just want to make sure that you're paying attention to all of the different rules. That's all. Uh, all right. So next question is from Tiernan. Tiernan wants to know what is the best breakfast brunch for a hotel pool day with a seven-year-old girl monorail resort preferred? So I'm just, I think what she's asking is not necessarily the hotel, which hotel should she stay at, but where should she have breakfast on a day that they're planning on spending at their hotel? Yes. Does that sound right? Uh, okay. Yes. Sure yeah, okay. So they're not planning to go into a park that day. They're staying on the monorail, but they're looking for a fun breakfast. Where should we go? Yeah. Uh, personally, I love the Grand Floridian Cafe. They have a great mm -hmm. breakfast brunch option. That, some of the mm -hmm. best food, I think, is that their the, food is fantastic. Really no, underrated um, restaurant. Uh, no, I'm I, I'm not disagreeing with you, but the thing that I'm thinking of is 1900 Park Fair has the best. Oh, okay. 
has the best food for a character buffet. For a buffet. I don't even think yes. Yeah, I don't even know if it's open right now. Is it? I don't open? think it, it, may, it, even, it may not be. It's not. <laughs> it may not be. But we don't know when her trip is and will it be open? I don't know. But that's yeah. my pick. So I would say my first recommendation is Kona Cafe because everybody needs to go get themselves some Tonga toast and the macadamia nut pancakes. Mm -hmm. Um, So the food there is phenomenal. And then my second choice would be the Grand Floridian Cafe, which I think is so underrated because it's overshadowed by, you know, Ohana next door at the Polynesian, the 1900 park fair. Like it doesn't get the love because it's, it doesn't have the characters. Um, but it's like this really pretty Victorian setting. You can look out on the, over the grounds of the Grand Floridian and the food is phenomenal, phenomenal yeah, food. food. Yep. I've never eaten there for breakfast, breakfast, but I have eaten there for dinner and I loved it at dinner. Yeah. yeah. I think Sarah, you and I did breakfast. Well, yeah, we there had brunch. Together. Well, I had brunch. <laughs> I had breakfast. <laughs> I had breakfast. I had brunch. Um, yeah. And also shout out for breakfast. It is not my favorite restaurant for other meals but for breakfast the wave of american flavors over the contemporary yeah. has a good breakfast as well yeah i think the the you know for a child like we're automatically assuming like you know we need some kind of entertainment we need characters and that's just not happening at this time so you might as well go somewhere where the food is fantastic yeah. yep agreed all right we made it to the last one we did uh, it we did it heather you want to read this one it's Sure. This is from Cheyenne, and she said, best restaurants for dinner on property for adults only. Um, well, I, well so how do I we will take- just say that our next podcast, because we made it through all of our questions, our next podcast is all about signature dining. Mm-hmm. So we might be answering this question almost more on the next entire podcast. So we'll, well answer just- you now, but stay tuned. <laughs> Ask I like, do you mean adults only restaurants or do you mean you're just going out as adults with no children for that particular evening? Because I if it's the first... a, a adult only meal, meal. meal. not necessarily okay. a whole restaurant because there's only one. <laughs> I was going to say, well, we'll just say that there is only one adults only restaurant where children are strictly not allowed. And that is Victoria and Albert's, which is also currently not open right now. Um, but I think the best restaurants for adults are going to be the signature restaurants. They're just a little bit fancier. The food is a little bit nicer. Um, my personal favorite is California Girl. Uh, but like you said, we're going to do a whole episode next week on it. So I don't want to yeah. It's too, too crazy. Some, you know, someone maybe that are not signature dining that, you know, I think are actually great for, you know, an adult meal is I like peaches and cream because it's just sort of a fun kind of like 50s date night atmosphere, mm-hmm. you know. Um, I think that's a fun one. I think um, uh, the San Angel Inn in the Mexico Pavilion in Epcot because it's got that sort of romantic atmosphere, you know. And the um, food there is really, really, really good. good. Mm-hmm. Really good food. Um trying to think there are some others resort restaurants that don't get a lot of love sometimes you know um what's the name of that restaurant at uh, saratoga springs is it Animator's oh olivia's Palette? no that's it okay that, that's the old key west uh animator you're talking about the turf club artist artist palette the turf club like thank that. you the yeah, artist palette is the um the quick service that's the, the quick turf service club. Oh, the turf okay. club. Okay. yeah um so yeah so i think there are I, there's a lot of great options but I would agree with Heather. Signature dining is kind of where it's yeah. at. <laughs> mm-hmm. If you're going to do adults only and you just want to like have a really good meal, it's definitely going to be a signature restaurant. Yeah. But also I kind of love the idea of like a food crawl for a date night, like an Epcot food crawl. Like if you're there during a festival or even if you're not, you know, um, just like going around to the different countries or whatever and trying getting like an appetizer in one country and like an entree in the next yeah. country and like a dessert in the country. On the monorail too, like a progressive mm-hmm. dinner on the monorail. Yep. Yeah. Yep. 
Yeah, all, that's a good idea. All fun ideas. All right. Well, I think we did it, right? We got through all yeah, of them? We did it. All right. Go us. <laughs> <laughs> so coming up next week, uh, we are going to be talking all about the signature dining restaurants at Walt Disney World. This is a favorite topic of ours. We've never done, we haven't done a whole podcast on it, but God knows we've given the signature dining restaurants a lot of love. <laughs> so we're going to be getting more into depth as to what is the signature dining restaurant? What sets them apart? Um, and which ones do we just highly, highly recommend? And which ones do we need to make sure that Charlotte gets to on her next trip? <laughs> there's a few of them. Just them. To do, yeah, yeah, all of them. <clears throat> well, so my signature a, dining restaurant is no longer a signature dining restaurant, I don't think. So we'll talk about that too. Oh, which one's that? Artist Point. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. I, I think technically it still falls into that murky category because they've got that sort of like it is signature, but it's not signature sort of weird category, but it, it might be. But yeah, I miss Artist Point. Mm -hmm. That was a good one. Uh, so coming up next on our Patreon Extra, we're going to be talking a little bit about um, someone I follow on TikTok has been talking recently about sort of like the differences between like Broadway and Disney and like things that Broadway could learn from Disney, but also about relative ticket prices between the two and how people complain so much about the price of Disney. Anyway, so that's what we're going to be talking on the Patreon Extra. Um, if you are not a Patreon supporter, you can go to patreon.com slash Disney Park Princess to help support us. You can um, do $2 a month, $5 a month, $10 a month, $15 a month, and then there's different perks associated with all of those. But everybody who supports us at any level gets access to the bonus content, which is an extra usually 10 to 15 minute podcast that we record. Um, after we record our main podcast. So please be sure to help us out. It makes a big difference for us in terms of just giving us the time that we need to devote to doing this podcast. So, uh, and that's it. Did I miss anything? I don't I think, think so. so. Okay. <laughs> last, week we, last week we finished and I was like, oh shoot, I forgot to talk about Patreon at all. <laughs> all right. This month I got it. Uh, or this week I got it. All right. So next week, Please join us for our talk on Signature Dining. Thank you so much for joining us this week. And, of course, if you don't want us to have to wait so long for another listener Q&A, um, you can submit your questions at info at DisneyParkPrincess.com or post them on our Facebook group, which is uh, Facebook.com slash groups slash, I think it's Diz Park Princess is the group. But if you just type in Disney Park Princess in the search engine on Facebook, it'll get you to us. So uh, make sure that you are joining us over there as well because we're having a lot of fun. I love, I have to say, I love our Facebook group. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Thanks guys. And we will talk to you next week. Bye. 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 Bye.